You just don't understand me. In a relationship, those are hard words to hear. They express hurt and pain. We want to be known, to be heard, to be understood. Our biggest problem is we expect another flawed human being to fully understand us when only God can. Welcome to First 15, where we listen to God and respond to his word in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. All of us are followers here. We're following and listening to God and responding to him in prayer. If you're new here, follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite provider. You're in the right place to grow your faith. In season three, we're praying through the Psalms, both some of our favorites, as well as some that are lesser known or harder to pray. We're nearing the end of the book of Psalms. And today we're going to look at a favorite for many, Psalm 139. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's message beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of your life. We follow a four-step process, and you can find details at wordofprayer.com. That's with dashes, word-of-prayer.com. At the beginning of this season of praying through the Psalms, we mentioned different types of prayers like, hear me, help me, and hallelujah, God. That last one is a prayer of praise, lifting up God for who he is and what he's done. This is what many of the Psalms toward the end of the Psalter do. They show us how to praise God, even when we still have issues. Let's listen right now to Psalm 139. Yahweh, you have searched me and you know me. You know my sitting down and rising. You know my thoughts, even from afar. My wandering and lying down, you sift, and you know all my ways intimately. Before there is a word on my tongue, Yahweh, you know it completely. Behind and before, you encircle me, and you have placed your palm over me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high for me to overreach it. Where can I go away from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, you are there too. If I rise with the wings of the morning twilight, or I dwell in the farthest end of the sea, even there your hand guides me and your right hand takes hold of me. I said, surely the darkness will suffocate me. Even the night shall be light about me. Even the darkness does not conceal anything from you, and night shines like the day. Darkness and light are both alike to you. For you created my inner being. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm uniquely and fearfully made. Your works are all wonders, and my soul knows that very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, skillfully formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless, and in your book all the days ordained for me were written, even before there were any of them. So highly valued are your purposes to me, O God, how great are the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you, God, would slay the wicked, bloodthirsty men, depart from me, for they speak against you with wicked schemes. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, Yahweh, those who despise you? 
and I loathe those who rise up against you. I hate them with complete hatred, and they have become my enemies. Search me and know my heart, God. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there is any wicked way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. As a father of two curious sons, when they were younger, especially, I was often asked questions about the world, about how things work. Do I know why things are the way they are? They still do that sometimes. I try to share my knowledge and I explain things as best I can. Often I have to answer, though, I don't know. But I do know the one who knows. This psalm gives me words to pray to God who holds all knowledge, all the answers. That's what the first section of the psalm affirms. God knows it all. I've read this psalm for years as if it's a string of verses, a collection of somewhat random thoughts on God knowing everything, being everywhere, but with this sort of weird ending that sounded hateful and mean, actually, a part of the psalm that I'd rather not read. I've come to see it's different than what I thought for so long. These 24 verses actually have a structure, and all the verses work together. There are four sections to this prayer, and each one is six verses long. When you see that, things start making more sense. Let's take a closer look at each section so we can pray this psalm better. The first verse in each section gives us the overall theme of that section. So if you look at verses 1, 7, 13, and 19, and use them as a key to what follows, it really helps make more sense of the flow of thought in the overall psalm. Yahweh, you have searched me, and you know me. You know my sitting down and rising. That's verse 1 and the first part of verse 2. The fact is, I'm being watched. I don't like the idea of being seen 24-7, every move recorded. Modern technology has made it possible for governments to practice constant surveillance, or companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, and other tech companies to track us everywhere we go. If you carry a smartphone on you at all times, you're being tracked. The reason I don't like it is I don't trust people to use that knowledge well to benefit me and others. So I'm a little bit of a skeptic. Tech companies and governments are starting to use artificial intelligence or AI to analyze all that information and to understand why we do what we do, what the patterns mean, and what our intentions are. Well, God already knows that. I'll take up again in verse 2. You know my thoughts even from afar, from distance and time, even beforehand. My wandering and my lying down, you sift, and you know all my ways intimately. Before there's a word on my tongue, Yahweh, you know it completely. So that's verses 2 through 4. God knows our thoughts and intentions. He sifts them, meaning he evaluates the, the value of each. God knows us so well, he knows what we're going to say even before we do. The last two verses of this first section, the first six verses, are often taken in a positive sense. I certainly read them that way for many years. Listen to them. Behind and before you encircle me, and you have placed your palm over me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high for me 
to prevail and reach it. So I've, I've translated those pretty literally from the Hebrew, and I just wanted to get to some of the meaning behind it and, and also the tone. You know, now I'm not so sure that these verses are supposed to be taken so positively. Such total intimate knowledge of me is making me feel hemmed in or trapped like a bug with God's palm cupped over me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, but not in a good sense. It's beyond my ability to understand or overcome. What's the response to it? Well, in the next section, the next six verses, the psalmist tries to get away from God's suffocating knowledge of him. So look at verse 7. Where can I go away from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? This question sets the theme for the, the entire second section. And the answer, briefly, is nowhere. Because God is found everywhere. If I go up to the heavens, you're there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, you're there too. If I rise with the wings of the morning twilight, which is in the east, uh, it's a hopeful direction for the ancient Hebrews, or if I dwell in the farthest ends of the sea in the west, where in the Mediterranean Sea, the sea was seen as a place of chaos and doom. Well, either place, I can't get away from God. Now, after the panic attack has passed, and I think about it, after this suffocating knowledge, this anxiety that it causes in me, after that all passes, the abyss, or the pit of Sheol, and the chaotic sea with its depths and the connotations of death for a Hebrew thinker, well, those aren't places I would ever want to be without God. And so in verse 10 of Psalm 139, a third of the way into the psalm, the mood and the tone of the prayer changes pretty dramatically. Listen to it. Even there, your hand guides me and your right hand takes hold of me. So now it shifts. It's not the palm that is cupped over us, suffocating us, but instead it's God's hand. And in Hebrew, the word for hand there usually brings up associations of power. And God's right hand especially emphasizes that. So his powerful hand, and what is he doing? Not hemming us in, but instead guiding and leading us. This is starting to sound a lot like Psalm 23. So God is leading us like a shepherd with a staff, even through difficult places, the valley of the shadow of death, and, and in the presence of my enemies. In these difficult places, God's presence is less of a suffocation and it's more comfort. That's the direction the psalm takes, starting in verse 10. In verse 11, it says, I said, surely the darkness will suffocate me, but even the night shall be light about me. Instead of God's knowledge of me suffocating and stifling me, it's the thought of the darkness now that has that effect. But God is Lord even of the darkness. It doesn't stop him. His light dispels the darkness and overcomes it. The third section of Psalm 139 continues this tone of comfort. In verse 13, For you created my inner being. You wove me together in my mother's womb. And in the next verse, it rises in praise of God as well. I praise you, for I am uniquely and fearfully made. Your works are all wonders, and my soul knows that very well. 
this is not knowledge that's too wonderful for me, like verse 6 said, that actually repels me, but this is really the language of praise. Your works are all wonders that I know well. Look at how the third section ends. So highly valued are your purposes to me, O God. How great are the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I am at rest in God. I'm confident in him. He's far beyond my understanding, but his presence comforts and reassures me. And there's only one thing that threatens that peace, and it's other people who are set against God's ways and plans, his purposes. The first verse of the fourth section goes like this. Oh, that you, God, would slay the wicked. Bloodthirsty men, depart from me. Now, the last few verses are jolting. Some would say they ruin an otherwise beautiful devotional prayer. Let's look a little deeper. God knows all. God is everywhere. God deserves the worship of his creation. But he has given humans the choice of serving him or not. Embrace his plans and enjoy greater blessing than you can imagine. Or reject his purposes and be part of the rebellion. There is no neutral ground. To claim neutral ground is to say that you aren't willing to praise God, and yet you're not wanting to join forces with his enemies. But there is no such place. That's a fantasy. The psalmist is clear. I'm choosing God's ways and rejecting any alternative. If you aren't for God, you're in the camp of the enemies. And whether you're in the vocal opposition or you choose to stay among the quiet bystanders, you've chosen to be in the wrong circle. Now, such strong language, strong emotions can be pretty disturbing. To hate God's enemies may seem extreme, but maybe it's because we haven't really faced the facts of how terrifying the darkness is, how destructive wickedness is. If we keep running from God and not choosing his ways, we're embracing danger and eventual death. No matter how stifling God's complete knowledge might feel, his intentions toward us are good and loving, and he can be trusted. He does not intrude or invade our hearts where he's not invited. It's up for me to invite him in and also to speak up so the wicked are challenged. It's up to me to let God separate the good and the bad within my own thoughts and feelings. I mean, he knows it already, but he's not nosy. God doesn't push his way into my life. So I have to choose to line up my will with his and let him share his perfect knowledge with me. And really, that's how the psalm ends. Search me and know my heart, God. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Let's pray right now. God, I ask you to examine me, to distinguish what is right from wrong, to know me in all ways. You do know me, and yet you love me. Your love never fails. It lasts forever. God, lead me deeper into knowing you. I want to be intimate with your ways, your holiness, your justice, your goodness. Lead me in the right way. Amen.
What we learn from praying this prayer is that God is not just a giant database or data cloud holding all knowledge of the universe. Of all the things that God knows, the great truth is that God knows me. Nothing is hidden from God. No secrets are kept from him. I am known inside and out. That is a remarkable truth. And with such intimate knowledge of me, God does not want to discard or destroy me. He has plans for me. He wants to use me. In fact, his designs and intentions for me are far beyond what I can count or imagine. Beyond me, God also has plans for the world. And yet not everyone embraces this truth. The wicked oppose God and have schemes of their own that they want to execute. The wicked speak against God, the God who knows me so well and who has great plans for the world. So every day gives me a choice. Choose to serve God and be used by him or not. Now there are four verses from this psalm that I want you to keep close and meditate on at length. They are verses 1, 14, 23, and 24. So I just read 23 and 24. So I hope you can keep those in mind. You can go back and listen to them again. They're not too far back. Verse 1, I'll remind you, says, Yahweh, you have searched me and you know me. And verse 14, I praise you for I am uniquely and fearfully made. Your works are all wonders and my soul knows that very well. I trust this has been helpful to you and you're listening because God's word is speaking to you through this. Keep listening and seeking him. Verse 15 is a ministry of wordofprayer.com. Support it monthly by signing up on our Patreon link in the show notes. You can also get a copy of God Help Me Grow, learning to pray through the Psalms to help you or for someone you want to encourage. It's on Amazon and again, a link in our show notes. God, you know me in depth, and I want to know you better today. Amen.